Welcome to Conversations in Equine Science. My name is Kate Acton and I'm joined by Nancy McLean and this is the podcast where we take equine research and try and make it accessible to horse owners and enthusiasts alike. Remember that with each topic we discuss, it's important to get professional advice before implementing any of the strategies. Hey everyone, we want to take a brief moment to tell you about a FeedXL discount now available on our show page. Each week we'll have a link under our reference notes that will give our listeners a 10% discount on any FeedXL membership level. Let go of the stress and guesswork involved in determining what to feed your horse. Using FeedXL program, you can enter in details about your horse and FeedXL will actually generate a ration calculation to show you what nutrients are above or below the recommended levels for good equine health. I've been a member for three years and highly recommend it. Thanks so much. So this week, Nancy and I are joined by Celie Ponsler. Celie is a professional eventer and she's agreed to join us tonight to give us her opinion on how brow band tightness can affect horse welfare. Welcome, Celie, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. So, So, Celie, can you tell us a little bit about your background and experience and then how you kind of came on to brow band tightness as an issue? Well, I started riding when I was four. I am now 63 years old. Um, I quit. I mostly did hunter jumpers in my youth, quit to have my human children and got back into it about 12 years after that. And so I've been riding, training and or competing since 2000. Um, with my own barns in Tennessee, and then we returned to the St. Louis area three, three, four years ago and started eventing. And um, what started my whole background with this is I ended up with the thoroughbred in Tennessee um, that was 18 hands, but he was completely neurotic and head um, would literally pop. And we didn't really have chiropractic back then. This was about 2005. The um, access that we had were people dabbling in it. And I really didn't think dabbling was a concept for chiropractic on a horse. So we started researching orthobionomy and some other concepts as such, massage therapy at all. But his head, when he would move it, it would pop like the joint physically would pop. And so I started watching, I bought a bridle for him um, and it was a normal size horse bridle. It didn't fit hardly anywhere. And so then I bought an oversized bridle, which was two times too big. And I'm thinking, well, what do I do now? So I put the two bridles together. Well, the brow band that should have fit him was way too tight. So I started with loosening the bit, putting a, a, a comfort thing across the crown piece because at that point I thought in fact they had so badly used his bridling his eye teeth were sideways 
they had been pulled up into his head through, oh the, through the gag bit. So he was a, a, a so anyway, I noticed every brow band I tried was still too tight and it would pull it so far forward that his ears would get impinged. And I'm thinking, okay, well, you couldn't touch his ears. In fact, if you tried to clip him, he'd throw you across the barn. So I just started reinventing the bridle and trying everywhere I could to make it loose, to make it less um, impinging and tight. And the interesting thing since him, I have had myself three horses that have the problem. And then I just ran into a couple the other day whose brow band was so tight, you know, you could barely even get your fingers underneath the bridle and the brow band. And that horse's jaw, I asked her, okay, does he chew all the time? Yep, he never quits chewing. And so I think that we have, whether it's poor manufacturing, um, whether it's just that, okay, so if we need wider saddles, we must need bigger bridles. It's specific, specifically, that word, um, the brow, because apparently the crown piece, if you loosen the, the bit, you're going to loosen the pull pressure, but the, the prowl band is so indicative of onto the TMJ joint, onto the ears, onto the atlas or pole or um, axis that it creates a whole host of um, issues, including head shaking syndrome, possibly. Yeah. Um, I did a little research uh, when I had been just talking in conversation with Celie one day, and I found that Dr. Russell McKechnie Guire has come across with this tight brow band syndrome. Now, so much of the time we have focused on the restrictive nose bands, we forget about the brow band. So he has come up that um, they measured pole pressure with a pressure pad on a bridle. They found absolutely no significant area of pressure over the pole. Instead, they found areas of high peak pressure at the base of the ears in the region where the brow band attaches to the headpiece. Now, anatomically, this does correspond to the uh, temporomandibular joint which that's so close to the trigeminal nerve network that includes the optic nerve, the, it runs by the ear, and then it also runs down to the um, space where the bit sits. So that is a three-pronged nerve that has been attributed to head shaking in horses. So this is kind of a, a new insight. It is this brow band tightness that Celie's been onto for quite some time. And it makes sense, you know, when you say that we're changing the fit of our saddles to be wider and we are just getting these standardized bridles where we can make adjustments, you know, in the actual length of them. But something like the brow band, we can't. It's a standard sizing. So, Celie, what did you do? So, I luckily found um, extra large brow bands on the oversized bridles and or at a local tax store. And so, I switched them out and started playing with it that way. And you can, on 
dressage bridles, which I'm not sure have some of the same issues. They have those decorative and bent brow bands that seem to be bigger anyway. Um, I, in fact, on one bridle, I couldn't, it was a Miklum. So I could not find a changeable brow band with it. So I tied string and tried it that way. And the difference in the horse was remarkable when I removed the tight brow band and just even used twine or string to create a brow band so that it sat farther back, you know, behind the ears with, I think, what are we suggesting? One or two fingers behind the ears for the crown piece. Well, if your brow band can't allow that, you have to um, find one that can. And you can through... Like I said, dressage usually has oversized, hunter jumpers have oversized um, pieces. You just have to look, not everybody offers just the pieces anymore. But um, I do think that I, I kind of started equating it to we're women. So we get this men, I don't, they don't have a correlated thing like this. But if you wear the same bra every day and it's a tight sports bra, you're gonna create pressure points within your uh, trapezius nerves or muscles, your uh, lats, everywhere on your body. And that's kind of like the brow band. We never shift it. We never move it. We never. So that horse, if you always use that same bridle, will just get created huge pressure points, probably two to three inches circular around the entire thing. So up into the ears, up into the pole, and we wonder why they can't move their head or can't move their ears or get bridle sour, won't let you bridle them, you know. So um, just in trying different things, just in then releasing them, maybe riding them even in a hack more for a while, just to change the perception, uh, just like anything else. You change their perception and they try to change for you. I think what's really interesting is the fact that um, this Dr. McKechnie Guire has also revealed that nose bands and the headpiece can be associated with extremely high pressure and distribution that it affects significantly equine locomotion. So you go from the head and it affects the whole body of the horse and its locomotion pattern. Now that should make us wake up and realize, you know, there's, there's an issue here with our tack and, and it's something maybe we're not even paying any attention to. It's a major welfare concern, I think. And Celie, did you, did you find that you can just take off the brow band and, or do you feel like there is still a need for the brow band? I'm not necessarily that there really is a need. Um, I do think it helps to keep the bridle um, nearer the ears. If, if we do everything right and loosely, I'm afraid that then the crown piece would start sliding back towards the withers okay. or that you have to keep them too tight. But that's why I tried the string idea just to make sure that there was something, you know, that couldn't let it go six, seven inches too far back. Uh, but there again, I've, I've, I've loosened up the bit to one wrinkle. Um, I don't believe in the three wrinkle process in a bit. Um, the nose band I wasn't using because, again, I got these horses that had extreme pressure points everywhere. So I had to keep trying every avenue to see what 
worked and uh, actually on Norman, it was the brow band that finally did the last piece or the first piece. I might've gone backwards if you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. but you know, it is, it's a continual issue. Um, the bit issue is extremely important. The, um, and then the brow band, the nose band. And, and remember, you got to talk, you have to understand when you guys say nose band, we're just thinking the part around the nose. I've seen continuously, especially in eventing, it's the flash part that hangs down lower that they're increasingly tightening and tightening and tightening. And so you have to include all of that together. Um, I've had horses that they can't stand a nose band because people were taught to tighten it up that they can't open their mouth. And so, you know, there's so many, it's not ethical issues, but it is in a way because we know what we know only by what we've been taught. And unfortunately, some teachings get muddy and some teachings are wrong. And so you do. I had a huge fight with a pony club manager about the tightness of a noseband. And he said, absolutely no fingers should get in there. And I was like, no. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of interesting through my history that you run into all these issues and they really are. I mean, when you think about it, this is our major communication with the horse. And if it's not fitting properly, as Nancy said, the man said, it can completely disregard the whole locomotion, let alone the acceptance of anything we're doing. I mean, the concept of that people did so many bad things to the one horse that his canines or his eye teeth went sideways up into his head and actually three years after using the hackmore one dropped completely parallel or perpendicular and then the other one was coming down when unfortunately he passed but um you know good lord what could that horse have gone through his whole life with those eye teeth being pulled up and when i got him they had been using a gag which i not sure i like gags at all um, so tight, he had five wrinkles in his uh, wow. uh, corners, corners of the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. the word. You know, and Kate Finner always says, um, your horse should be able to swallow, to yawn, to chew, and to lick. And while it has a bridle in its mouth, if it's constantly opening its mouth, there's a problem. And moving the tongue calluses on the corner of the mouth, oral lesions, head shaking, high-headedness, all that points to bridal problems. And I think people just need um, to realize what Celie's saying is something we need to consider. But the more thing is, Celie's been in this a long time. She's so open to making management changes when there's measurable science to back it up. And that's what we have to, as horse people, be open to, is that we don't know it all. We're constantly evolving and learning. And there's, you know, there's the worst thing is a person that thinks they know it all and this is the way it must be done. Exactly. And that's why I had Celie on the show because she is the opposite of that. I think one of my 
major outtakes from this as well as I would really love to change the conversation that people seem to remark, well, that's just the way he is, or that's mm -hmm. the way he is. And it's like, no, it's not. Um, just because you can't touch their ears or bridle that horse, that's a man-made problem. That's not innate. Um, shark fin withers are not innate features of a horse. You know, all these things, but, but you hear people constantly saying, well, that's just the way they are. You can't change it. Yes, you can. And unfortunately, man has made many of these problems, and we have to check our ego at the door and try to do better by these wonderful creatures. I totally Kate, didn't your pony have bridling issues? Yeah, and I don't know. I always kind of put it down to the bit. Um, and we changed bits and we tried rubber bits, but she was just really aversive to having it put on. And we never, we wouldn't, we wouldn't bridle her now. Like she's older, kind of more like a retired lawnmower than anything. But we never actually changed brow bands and that's definitely food for thought yeah, I, I know bought my pony the lady who owned the pony gave me the bridle to bring home with her because it had an enlarged brow band but um, you know a lot of people would not think to do that so I mean I, I think I'm gonna look at every brow band in my barn and how it fits the horse that wears that bridle. And I'm thinking maybe that's why some off the track thoroughbreds get the TMJ problems they get and also they get the flapper issues because of their nose position while galloping and it affects that hyoid apparatus. And I wonder if we need to look at nose band and brow band pressure in that as well, because that's a nose position of galloping mm -hmm. problem. And uh, anyway, it, it, this is a lot to think about. And um, I can't thank Celie enough. Um, do you have anything else you want to add? I think I'm good. I mean, that was thank so Thank you, Celie. That's, it's really interesting. Yeah, would you, um, with nose bands, Seely, um, would you advocate two fingers like the international people are advocating? Yes, I would. Yeah. Um, I've had people argue with me constantly over that, but I was taught at least one finger between the, the leather to the chin mm -hmm. so that when you have to open it, you're not, you can't. You, you know, yeah. when you have to take it off, you can. And I've literally had people come up and tighten, not by one, but two holes. And so that's the cavison. And then you've got to, if you've got that tight, and now we, of course, created crank nosebands. Oh, yay, ha. Um, <laughs> and then you've got to talk about the flash nosebands or the drop nosebands that there again, it, they're created to keep the horse's mouth from opening, but we've seen it all on the internet thing where they can't even move their lips hardly. And again, the concept is to restrict it, not to prevent it. To and not restricts not even that's a, maybe too strong of a word, but to help the horse learn. Okay, don't 
why did we do drop nose bands or flashes? So they couldn't get the tongue over the bit. Well, if the whole bridle's fitting fine, the tongue over the bit's not going to happen anymore. And the same thing, you might want to flash and dressage so that, you know, they don't open their mouth to evade the bit. But again, if we're doing everything correctly, very few of them do that if they're ridden correctly, the bridle especially. And on your pony, a lot of them, I sorry, I'm going to like morph here a little bit sideways. I have found a serious need for all levels of bits to be examined for width. Um, unfortunately, sorry, Western people, but Western people tend to all go with a five inch bit. And my Western horse at came needed a five and a fourth and he refused to take a bit. I gave him my big draft mares bits and he was a happy camper. So pony bits, four and three fourths. That's what everybody puts in their mouth. Well, guess what? They're too darn tight for most ponies. Nancy's mm -hmm. pony had that issue. Yep. And so we have to look at out of the box thinking one size does not fit all. And we have to put each bit width wise, importantly, and um, circumference of the bit complex itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the diameter. The diameter of the... Of the uh, yeah. Like, does it fit in their oral cavity right. adequately? Because you can get that parasitis in the uh, space, the periodontal space that creates uh, calcium buildup and is very uh, sensitive over time. So um, anyway, that's some good thoughts, Dealey. We That's a lot of information and so interesting. That's been brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us. We must definitely have you back and um, talk about a couple other areas of welfare that I'm sure you've got loads of experience from. That would be awesome. I, I mean, I've learned just listening to her here today. So uh, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. Okay. See everybody next week. Take care. Bye-bye.